into, and it wasn't always clear who was on whose side? It was incredibly complicated, but that wasn't the way we thought about it at the time, right? Because if you remember what President Bush was saying is that you're either with us or against us. And so at the time, in terms of policy, basically the world and Afghanistan was divided into two camps, which was the terrorists and the non-terrorists. But when you look at the situation on the ground, it's a lot more fluid and a lot more complicated. For example, there are Taliban who had tried to switch sides. There are warlords who we were allied with who are actually using the U.S. for their own ends. You know, let's say you had a piece of land and I wanted that land and I was a warlord. I could tell the U.S. military that you are a member of al-Qaeda or the Taliban. And with very little other intelligence to go by, you would be arrested and sent away. So you're saying it was more complicated than just the Taliban on one side and, say, the Karzai government on the other side. No, it's much more complicated. In fact, I would say there's not two sides in this war. There are many, many different sides, and they're always changing. For instance, uh, a lot of the Taliban fighters in 2001, after the U.S. invasion, tried to switch and join the Karzai government. Some of them had tribal links to the Karzai government. Others um, just were doing it out of sheer survival. And so you had a situation in 2002 when there essentially were no Taliban on the ground. They had all went back to their homes or they were trying to join the U.S.-backed government. But still they were targeted um, in part because of these warlords. So what ended up happening is a lot of these guys went and started fighting again. And then you have warlords who technically or nominally were on the U.S. side, but as I said, they were using the U.S. for their own ends. And so it's unclear who the good guys are, who the bad guys are. So you're saying that the United States made a huge blunder not too long after 9-11 by launching this war in Afghanistan and basically sort of saying all the Taliban are evil. Oh, that's right. And, you know, even the the way of thinking about it is certain people are evil or certain people are good really doesn't um, square with the reality on the ground where people shift sides. You know, when the Soviet Union left in the 1980s, a lot of those Afghans who had called themselves communists all of a sudden switched sides and called themselves Islamic revolutionaries. And they did this because when you're in a country that's been at war for three decades, you're going to do what you have to do to survive. And that's been going on again and again in Afghanistan over the last 10 years, but that's a reality that we've missed. And of course, there are huge policy questions about the Taliban, especially in light of the controversy over the release of Sergeant Bergdahl. Could our dealings with the Taliban, with Afghanistan generally, gone much differently? Yeah, I think so. And if you look at the five that were swapped for Bergdahl, I think that's instructive because, in fact, all five were captured and sent to Guantanamo when they were in the process of cutting deals with pro-U.S. forces. Uh, just to give an example of one of them, he, he was a former interior minister for the Taliban, and he was also a fellow tribesman of Hamid Karzai. And so he actually had reached out to the, the Karzai family shortly after the U.S. Uh, invasion and tried to arrange a deal where he would switch sides, basically defect to the Karzai government. And so he had set up an, a meeting for that reason, and he was captured while going to that meeting, and he was sent to Guantanamo. Another one of the five actually worked for the CIA before he was captured and sent to Guantanamo. This is not the story that we've been hearing about these five guys in Guantanamo all these years. Uh, it's not. It's not the story we've been hearing about the Taliban or Afghanistan in general. I think this is, and it was surprising to me, I only found out about these things after going through the countryside and getting the stories that turned out to be very different from the way I had thought of things, and we tend to think about the conflict. Are you saying we still don't really know who our enemies are in Afghanistan? 
No, we don't. In fact, I just heard earlier today that John McCain was saying that the five Taliban who were captured were responsible for the 9-11 attacks, which is pretty preposterous, actually, because Osama bin Laden was responsible for the 9-11 attacks. And these five had nothing to do with it. In fact, some of them had never even heard of al-Qaeda until 2001. So we have to get our facts straight, and um, I think that'll go a long way towards finding ways to end the conflict. So are are you saying that um, years ago there was a chance the United States could have struck a deal with the Taliban? I mean, basically, this whole war could have been avoided? Well, yeah, the Taliban were ready for that deal because they were beat. They had their backs against the walls. So everybody from the rank and file all the way up to the senior leadership had tried to cut deals. And one by one, those deals were overturned in 2002. The tragedy is that now the Taliban are very strong and they have less incentive to deal than they did back in 2002. I mean, there is the stigma that uh, that the United States should not be negotiating with the enemy. There shouldn't be any dealings with the Taliban. You're saying that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this is how wars end. Wars end by negotiating with the enemy or by total victory. Total victory is not on offer here. We've been in war for 13 or 14 years and we haven't gotten to total victory. It's unlikely that the next 13 or 14 years is going to offer.